People who go through the crisis, they come out of it and they want strong institutions. They support their institutions. They support their religions. They support their politics. They don't really question everything. Why? Because they just went through a hell of a time. And so they're not one to be people who will complain. Unfortunately, their children will look at that and say, why aren't you complaining? These institutions are corrupt. Look at how the German children, who were from the prophet generation, turned on their parents and said, how could you let something like that happen? There was massive protests in the 60s and 70s in Germany from one generation directly to the parental generation and saying, how could you let something like that happen and how dare you hide it from us? They didn't teach it in school. These kids had to find out on their own. And in the 60s and 70s in the United States, one generation looked at the other generation and said, what are you people doing? What's all this going out in, in, into the world and imperializing and you want to take American power all over the place? They protested that. And it culminated in a, in, in a clash of generational differences on Vietnam, on women's issues, on African American issues. Of course, what that generation doesn't understand is that their parents went through a difficult time. And so they're not ones to really complain. But if you understand the seasons of life, and that's the purpose of why these people do what they do. They're here, the prophet generation comes around every 80 years to challenge the old institutions and what is not right about them. Because they're still young, they don't have the strength to bring them down. So they continue to work through an unraveling. Through an unraveling, however, these idealistic people, they start to reach midlife. And they're recognizing that there's a lot of abundance out there. So a lot of these people, they give up on their ideals. A lot of people in the United States complained during the last 20 years about what happened to the young people of the 60s and 70s? Nobody's protesting anything anymore. Nobody's, you know, what, how did the hippies turn into yuppies? But that's exactly what they did. A new season came, and old ideals, gone. We're now having fun. Everyone else is having fun. There's a lot of abundance going around. There's a lot of this and that going around. There's, there's all these, there's deregulation. And so everyone has a chance to really get successful. Because the one generation tries to outdo the last generation. The parents of prophets, who are the artists, the parents tell them, you can have what you want. So when they reach midlife, that's exactly what they want. And then finally, in elderhood, they reach the crisis point. See, the thing is, when the prophet generation reaches the point where we are now, they now have power. They're the ones who are now presidents. Bush was from the prophet generation. Clinton was from the prophet generation. These people are now in power now, so they really have the strength to tear down the old institutions. So we've had all this deregulation of everything. They, don't, they didn't want anything to have any rules. All these old institutions had to be ripped apart. And now we find ourselves here. These people are in power and they're making sure that what needs to crumble is going to crumble. That's not always a good and it's not always a bad. But that's their life cycle. <coughs> they go through life with this sense of idealism with new values that they want to put into place to replace the old values that they challenged when they were young adults. The nomad is born during an awakening. The nomad generation 
is my generation. Probably most of you in here. The nomad generation is born under this kind of self-seeking parents. You have to be mindful of the different generations of the, the, the parents before them, how it affects. So you had these parents that went through the, the crisis and they were very quiet. In fact, in the United States, they call them the silent generation. The people born in the late 20s and, and throughout the 30s. They call them the silent generation. It's the only generation in American history never had a president. Never. Because these people are very quiet. They're very conformist. They compromise. They, they, they went through a time period in which they just had to kind of sit back and, and help. Help out and be part of the collective. Not one single person born between 1925 and 1944 ever became a U.S. president. A whole generation was skipped because these people didn't have the muscle. They didn't have the idealism of the prophet. They didn't have this kind of strong strength of protest or whatever the case may be. So that's who raised them. The prophet generation who were out hippie in and doing drugs and everything like that, they give birth to the next generation. And the next generation feels kind of alienated because they got these parents who want to tear down institutions and uh, the whole world and everything. And so the nomad generation generally grows up with a sense that they got to grow up quick. They got to survive. You got to get out. It's a it's a it's a it's a dog eat dog world out there. You got to get out there and do your thing, and you got to become more. And you have these these this generation of people who is looking at their parents' generation, really thrusting forward in life. And this is like I said earlier, the generation of people who are looking like, man, this is uh this is a bit much. I'm not going to be able. To, if I got to outdo you, I'm going to be working for the rest of my life to try to outdo you. So a lot of these nomads kind of drop out. And mind you, what happens during these cycles of 80 years, you have a 40-year period in which the collective is more important than the individual. And then you have 40 years of the individual is more important than the collective. So when the prophet generation is born, 60s and 70s, it was this break away from the old norms, break away from the old ways of new styles of dressing, feminism, battling this and, and challenging that, and protests and all these things. So they're... No more institution. No more, you know, we're, we're individuals. We want our individuals, individual rights and we want our individual sense of self. We want it back. No more of this collective stuff. But it, it, it just starts there. And if you, this generation still has a sense of community, but they end up going off into kind of like occult type things and, and, and these little other alternative community collective things. The next generation of nomads, they take it even further. They don't want to be part of anything. They don't, they, they, these are the people who take individualism to the absolute extreme. So in the last 20 years, we've had a real fragmentation of society where people don't feel like they're part of really anything. And in fact, the last generation was called the lost generation 80 years ago. My generation was called Generation X. Every time we come around, we always get these kind of titles. The lost generation, generation X, because we're kind of unknown and nobodies. The older generations always look at us in a critical way. Why? Because the rebellious prophets during the 60s and 70s, they set a new mood. And you have to understand that all these time periods, they set a new collective mood amongst people. So during the 60s and 70s, people were th older people were thinking, my God, the next generation is going to be even crazier. Look at these hippie, protesting, crazy, 
you know, the, the next generation is going to be, they're going to give birth to a generation of demons. And you know what's interesting? Look back at the movies in the 1960s and how children were, uh, were presented. Rosemary's Baby, all these demonic little kids. That was the mood set of that time period. It softened up a little bit in the 70s, but 70s movies showed kids as they were still brats. You know, they were still the nuisance kind of... And then if you look in the 80s, that starts to change. It softens up. And in the 90s, now kids are like little heroes. And now in the OOs, the last 10 years, children are superheroes. And now you got Astro Boy. You see the mood changes over time because one generation is looking at the next generation and thinking, my God, if this is linear, we're in for a really bad time. And it's amazing to see all the projections that have happened in the last 10 years because of my generation being so wild and crazy. They're saying, oh my God, the next generation is just going to be off the charts. I mean, this extreme sports, extreme... And much to their surprise, they're going to be very wrong. This next generation is going to be very different. Because the hero generation is born during an unraveling, watching the nomad generation so alienated, so fragmented, that they choose to go in the opposite direction. These kids grow up during a time, yes, where there's abundance, but there's no sense of collective community. There's no sense of connection. A lot of the young people today are so misunderstood. They're texting and they're on their computers and the older generations look, oh, they're so disconnected. No, we're projecting our idea of our, how disconnected we are and thinking that's going to continue. These kids are texting because they are staying in contact with their peers. They're emailing, Facebooking, MySpacing because they know that there is a collective sense for them to get together. To bring the sense of community together. If you weren't born, if you weren't, if you didn't grow up in that kind of mindset, you're, you're not going to see that. I have a 16-year-old son, so I get to see it clearly. I'm in the middle of the nomad generation. I'm pure. There's no, you know, you can be on the cusp of some of these, and so you can kind of think, oh, I don't know, one side. I was born in the middle of an unrest. I was born at the beginning, no, in the middle of an awakening. So I clearly know what generation I belong to. I know the characteristics of my generation. I know how it has affected me and impacted me. I used to think these things were a personal thing, that I didn't feel connected with anyone because I was born here and because I did this and because I did that. But that was my whole generation was going through this. And I trust institutions and this and that. All of the things that I thought were kind of like this personal thing were actually a collective experience that I had with my generation. And I was dead in the middle of it. I experienced the 80s as, as, as a teenager, and I experienced the, the 90s and my 20s. And so there's this certain sense of life being a particular way. Now I look at my 16-year-old kid who's 20 years down the road. He's very different. He appreciates his friends. When I ask him, what is... What, what is the most important? What do you want to do? What's very important to you in your life? I want to know from him. I want his answer. He says, my friends. Being connected with my friends. Now, my generation and my parents' generations have, have you not thought of being connected with your inner self? No, I wouldn't do that to him. I understand that he's going through a different time period and that this inner self stuff that this whole generation grew up watching us do has led to where we are now. So this next generation, 
much to the disappointment of a lot of people, you know, and there's, there's a lot of books in it, you know, and, and, and a lot of different ideas and philosophies out there, and, you know, I'm just one, I just don't buy into a lot of these things because I see that there are alternative realities. So everyone's, you know, looking at these indigo kids and these crystal kids and these, and it's like, People can come out sometimes with certain theories and they're just really off the wall because you have to ask, where did you get this from? And so these people are going to be very disappointed when this generation who's supposed to be this so sensitive and highly enlightened and they're going to do this and they're not going to do any of that. These kids are going to be outwardly focused, collectively focused. They're not going to be writing self-help books. They're going to be writing how-to books. They're going to be getting things done. And we'll go through a little bit of, uh, of what they do collectively as we go through this, but that's the hero generation. And mind you, you have to be a heroic generation. If you're born during an unraveling, a time where you grew up and there was so much abundance around you, that you just thought everything would be great. These, these kids grow up with a sense of optimism because there's so much material wealth around them. There's so much possibility there's so many ideas of how you'll be successful later on in life. Now they're hitting their 20s, and we're in the middle of a crisis. You better have some heroism in your youth if you want to get through a crisis. These are the young people who historically have always gotten us through a crisis. They're the young soldiers. They're the ones who do the work of rebuilding a new society, and they have a sense of optimism about them that allows them to get through it. Nomads have a sense of pessimism. We are pessimistic and cynical as a generation. And when crisis hits, it hits us the hardest. You know, yeah, people laughing. Fun times are over. <laughs> and we don't like that. We don't like that. We have a new phenomenon now. 2008 began our next crisis for Ireland, for the UK, for Iceland, for America. We now have a new collective. The children born now are collectively the artist generation. They never knew the unraveling. They are going to be born now and they have been born now. They started to be born probably in the last three or four years. And these children will grow up for the next 20 years knowing that times are hard. So they will be overprotected. We will overprotect them. And they will be the next generation of helpers. These are the people who are born during a crisis. And they grow up with this sense of... Now the reason why they are the artist generation is because an artist as an archetype, artists are more collective-oriented. Artists are not competitive. Artists prefer cooperation, working together. These are the characteristics of an archetypal artist. Also, during a crisis time is a time of scarcity. So you have to be very innovative. And in order to be very innovative, you have to be very creative. It wasn't, it wasn't said necessity is the mother of all invention. So when times are hard, you have to get really creative. So when we look through the cycles of history, we will see that it's the artist generation who quietly goes through a quiet crisis, learns to be very innovative, 
very constructive, very useful. And believe it or not, what a lot of people don't realize is that the 60s music and 70s music was not just a bunch of 20-year-olds. These were the people who went through the Depression. A lot of that music that came from the 60s were Joan Baez. You know, these people were the artist generation. And they gave, they, you know, they gave, and you have to understand too, young people have older managers, older record labels, the disc jockeys on it. So the artist generation really gave the hippies a platform and ideas. So they're the ones who come out of a crisis and give us new ideas on how to go through life in a more creative way. Where do we find ourselves now? We find ourselves at the beginning of a crisis period. The prophet generation is moving into elderhood. The prophet generation, they're the visionaries. They were the ones who grew up in an idealistic youth and so they, they know that it's time to return to a sense of community because they were born into a sense of community. Even though later on in life they challenged that. They know it's time to come back to that. Unfortunately, they're too argumentative. They debate too much. They're not decisive enough. They want to ponder things, look at something more deeply. So they can come up with very visionary, great ideas, but they're not the people to get things done. Nomads are the ones who get things done. The nomadic generation are the people who are the doers. They're pragmatic, they're realist. They don't want to argue if something needs to get done, it needs to get done. It was a nomad during World War II. A lot of, the, the nomad generation is the one who kind of manages the way through a crisis. Last time around, it was a nomad said, look, drop the bomb. You guys can't make up your mind, I'll make it up. Drop the bomb. Because you know what? The nomad generation spends its whole life being criticized. We're called the Generation X, we're called the lost generation, we're, the, 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 we're greedy, we're, we're hedonistic, we're, we grew up having fun doing all these things, so we take criticism. We were the demon babies in the movies of, of the 60s, and the brats in the 70s. So you know what? We can take it. And so when it comes time for the nomads to make a difficult, tough decision, they're going to do it. And that's who you need in a time of crisis, somebody's not going to, you know, the elders, they're, they're bickering amongst each other. They got great ideas. They have visionary ideas of how we can have a better society. But they can't make up their damn mind because they're so moralistically arguing with each other all the time. Nomads come along and says, look, what needs to get done? This is how we're going to do it. Go do it. Blame me. And that's how things get done. Unfortunately, you can have some really <coughs> terrible people who are nomads. Hitler was a nomad. Mussolini was a nomad. And you know what? They did what they did because they were very decisive. They came in. What's the problem? Okay, here's my solution. Blame me, but it's going to get done. Criticize me, but it's going to get done. That's what the nomads do.